Next on the T in Season 2, Episode 18 of Grow the Grind. Live from the Cognizant Founders Cup, the Commissioner of the LPGA, Molly Marcuse-Simon, and the Tour's Chief Tournament Business Officer, Ricky Lasky. What a different experience this episode was, as it certainly strays away from our usual script. Molly and Ricky are without question two of the most powerful leaders in the LPGA, both ultra-competitive with a strong team behind them, working to push the tour to bigger and better each and every day. They are changing the playing field in professional sport, and after spending some time with them, it's obvious to me that the LPGA will continue to improve. This episode was a big deal for me. Sitting down with the commissioner was a treat. I really appreciate the time Molly and Ricky cut out to record. They are getting pulled in every direction during events and still manage to share their stories. So let's get right to it. Sit back and enjoy episode 18 of Grow the Grind. What a day. It's finally go time at the 2021 LPGA Founders Cup. The practice round? Check. The pro-am? Check. All that's left is to see who can take down this beast of a course and take home the beautiful Founders Cup trophy. I, for one, can't wait to see who stands on the top on Sunday. So much has gone into making this event special. The volunteers, setup, and planning is intense. It's almost impossible to understand how it has all come together. Good thing we have the ultimate guest joining us today to explain the behind the scenes grind of the LPGA. That's right, the commissioner of the LPGA, Molly Marcusimon, is sitting down with Grow the Grind. We are so excited to talk to you. Thank you for your time and welcome to the podcast. Yeah, this is amazing. I can't believe what what great work you guys do and I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, it's been a week to remember, hasn't it, Allie? What do you it say about has. this one? It's my first Founders Cup too, so it's been um, very memorable for me as well. Yeah, a bit of a whirlwind for you, I would I would guess, just throughout the last year or so and, and how everything's evolved. So the Founders Cup's been special for us and I don't know if we could have picked a better event it's outside of a major. This kind of feels like yeah, a major, doesn't it, it Allie? Does. Do you get that sense too? Absolutely. And the players are saying the same thing. I'm not sure how many you've spoken to, but they walked into this place and said, oh my goodness, this is remarkable. The food is delicious. And who doesn't love <laughs> I know. Uh, tremendous food? Can I tell you a secret that we're sure. going to get in trouble about? You had some? <laughs> yeah, we've been kind of eating where the players are eating illegally. We, weren't, we didn't We know. won't do it again, I promise. Okay, but the food is so good, it's hard not it's, to I eat mean, it. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. we snuck an omelet out of it today. No, and we, we didn't know that we were supposed to be eating somewhere else, so we were like, oh, we'll just go eat over there. Unreal <laughs> food. You know, food, though, is really important, right, to being a yeah. good golfer. You have to eat properly. Um, it's one of the most important performance behaviors, so I'm sure you guys know that when you're mm-hmm. all about the grind. It's not just eating what feels right at the moment. you got to actually yep. have some discipline. That's what we felt about podcast preparation, too. We needed to be properly prepared. You have to be well-nourished in order to do a great job on these podcasts. I see you have water on the table here. Hydration is extremely important. We have some some water for you, and and I think that your job is amazing. What a job you have. I mean, how excited are you to to continue and move into this this aspect of your life? Yeah, I mean, it's been remarkable. I I started um, officially on August 9th. So it's just been, I don't know, what is that, six or seven weeks? Um, And I've been to every tournament that we've had since then. 
and I've learned something at every single one. And it's been a bit of a grind. I will say I've used that word. You know, it's been a bit of a grind going traveling uh, to so many different states. But every event has been a learning experience and every event has been um, something that I'll remember for a long time, particularly my first event. So just to give you some background, we do talk about the grind that is golf, you know. And so we are hopeful that we can get some of that background information, too, on what the grind really looks like for you guys that are really setting all this up. Sure. So that's yep. it. Just put that in the back of your mind as Ellie starts firing away here. Yeah. So, like I said, we are always talking about the grind. But your grind is a little bit different than the players who are working on the game and hitting balls every day. That work doesn't stop for them. And I bet it doesn't stop for you either. Talk about the behind-the-scenes work that goes into making an event like this happen today. Yeah, I mean, listen, one of my biggest things in life is team. That's one of the words that I love. And mm-hmm. um, you can't do anything in life without a great team. And the LPGA has a remarkable team. I like to say we're small and mighty. Um, so there so many things go into making something like this happen. You know, when you come as a fan, you just think, oh, okay, of course the tickets are set up. Of course the, you know, the stanchions are in the proper place and the volunteers are where they need to be and the rules officials are making the decisions that they need to make and all the food is where it needs to be. And we're keeping, you know, people people like you guys out of the food area but <laughs> <laughs> um, I know you shouldn't have but you know and and there's so many things that went into just getting this event to be an event you know just think about all the our partnership team that works with our sponsor and um, to, to make something like this happen there's um, much uh, much involved in that process and then once the the deal is done and we have a partnership with an amazing we call them team members you know once they become our partners they're part of our team and we're sort of figuring out how we can make it great for them how we can make it great for our players and by being a great teammate that's what allows us to do it you know it's you have to be thinking about who you're serving and what your goals are so as we enter into a partnership we think we're we're here to serve you. We're here to make it better for our players and we're here to make it better for our sponsor. And so what does that mean? And so we come together and we work in tandem to make that happen. And then the hard work and the grind starts, right? Let's, let's get all the details. Let's build this amazing course and all of the setups and the tents and the signage and the, the design. And, you know, just think about it. Yesterday we did a pro-am and how much work went into just setting up all the groups. There was, uh, you know, lots of foursomes and people had to be in the right groups with the right people. And then the players had to switch. You know, they played nine holes and then the next player played nine holes and coordinating all of that just takes a lot of work so we could talk for hours about the details of it all but the most important part of it I'll say is that we do it as a team and we do it as um, okay what is going to be best for the organization that's what's going to make me not what's going to make me happy in this exact moment or it's about how I can put myself into the position to help others and so team is a word that my staff hears from me all the time and um, heard from me at Princeton all the time will hear from me at the LPGA all the time I just think life is about having a great team i don't think there's any doubt that's why we got our team here right we got a good team behind us but your team is certainly a little bit more sophisticated than ours i would say at this point but you're talking about some of the stuff that there's a cadence and a rhythm to you know i would guess that when you go and you're traveling it's not you're bringing a lot of the same people along with you as you move venue to venue uh, but there are curveballs as well. I mean, you could always have a system for scheduling that really works well. But even this morning, there was a curveball. Yeah. You're talking about rules officials and things like that going on. We had fog roll into the air. I couldn't prepare for that, right? And yeah. so that created some chaos, and I'm sure it threw things 
off a little bit. So how do you how are you adaptable and agile in those search circumstances? Yeah, and again, it comes back to me. It comes back to mindset. What you're trying to accomplish, and if what you're trying to accomplish is to serve the players and to serve the the partners and to make this an, a great event, then every decision you make is going to be based on that. So yeah, the fog rolled in. Uh, I guess our first groups on one in ten hit balls, all, all six mm-hmm. of them, and I think they were all in the fairway. I heard maybe five out of six were in the fairway. One was slightly off the fairway, but they all hit great shots, and it looked like the fog was was okay at that point. They could see the landing area, and they could see the pin, and that's the sort of uh, rule, I think. If you can see the landing area, and you can see the pin, then you can play. Right as they hit the ball, and it landed, then the rules officials were out there, and they said, we can no longer see the pin. It's wild. They started walking down the middle of the fairway. It went from... 250 yards of visibility to 30 yeah. in the amount of time I think that they hit their ball and yeah, started yeah. to walk to it. Right. So Crazy. the rules officials then had to you know, be flexible, think about team, think about what the, what the best decision was, and they made the decision to, to delay. Um, and again, that, that one decision, which is the right decision in the moment, impacts everything for the rest of the day because it pushes everything back, which means we may have to play tomorrow um, to finish today's round tomorrow. But again, if people start to get angry and they start to, you know, be, be upset and get fr- frustrated and flustered other than just thinking about what's the best decision in the moment from our team's perspective, then, you know, we, we won't be successful. Do you, you don't but, have any influence in that. You're just kind of relying on your people to make the correct decisions. There. Yeah, on some things, they I mean, they called me and they let me know what they were doing, and, but I have to trust them, right? It's part of the team. They, they are the um, experts. There might be some big decisions on something like that that would rise to, to, to my level and say, hey, we got to make a call here when it's a little more of a judgment call, and that's what I'm here to do. But largely, again, a part of a team is having everyone know what their role is and thinking about how to make the, the organization better. Yeah. So... I've heard from players and some of your friends that you are super competitive. I think that most people who reach your level of success in this world has to be. How has being a competitive person helped separate you in the business world and how does it that make the LPGA a better place? Hmm. Well, I want to know who my friends are who told you I was super competitive. <laughs> well, we might be uh, talking to somebody next that, that has, has a little bit of an angle on you. Oh, really? Yeah, Ricky's going to come on on the back end of this uh, one, and okay. we might have done some prep work, and she, you know, she, okay. she's a big fan of yours and said, you know, hey, we're all really tough. We're all, we're all really competitive people, Yeah. and you're also an athlete, so yeah. it's impossible yeah. not yeah. to be as successful as you are without being that. Well, listen, I think that the thing is you want to be good at whatever you do. You want to put your best effort into it and you want to care and you want to be passionate. I've had the great pleasure of doing things my whole life that I love. Um, and I, I, from the minute that I was born, I loved sports. And I loved getting better every day and competing and, and winning. Winning's fun, right? Yeah. I mean, and winning's fun because it's a reflection of the work that you put in. It's really more about that process. I talk to my own kids. I have a 12-year-old, Allie, who's, I guess we just learned that he was born a month after you. Yeah. So I very much, um, and I have two older daughters as well who are 18 and 16. And I tell them all the time, it's about the work that you put in and it's about the effort and the attitude. Not about mm-hmm. the result, but guess what? what the result is usually really good if you put in the effort and and you have the right attitude about it so I you know listen I love to to figure out how to how to win in life and sports and whatever it is I wake up every day thinking about how we can get wins but what's really transformed I think in my life is how do I get wins for other people you know it used to be as an athlete I wanted to get wins for myself or, or for my team more importantly but I think that's been a little bit of an evolution and now getting a win for me is making someone else's life better making the organization better making the team better but um 
I think that's a mindset that you get at being by being an athlete. And that's why I think being an athlete is so important for young girls is for, for girls to understand that every day you're waking up trying to get better, trying to improve what you're doing and trying to get the win and whatever the win means. It doesn't mean scoring the most goals or winning every championship. It just means that you're trying to get one, two, five, 10% better every day. Yeah. And that's a win. So I always tell my team, you know, like, let's celebrate the heck out of wins because wins are fun. That's really important stuff right there. Ellie, it's so important. I, I, I'm glad you know that because yes. you're talking about controlling the controllables. Sure. And and as a coach, and I've coached and, and we've had some successful teams. In fact, what you just described, like, put chills through me. Yeah. Because we had uh, the opportunity as a, a, at a high school, local high school, to go really far into a playoff run and win a state title. And inside on that ring, we have engraved attitude and effort. And so it was constantly preached, and it's always preached, that you really only can control those two things. Yeah. Now, how are you going to approach the adversity? How are you going to handle the success? And then what are you going to do to get yourself in position to be successful? Right. And so as a team leader, I think it is essential to preach those values onto your team and onto your onto your organization. So if that's how you approach it, and that's how you're going to continue to approach it, we're in great shape here for the LPGA in yes, years to are. come. I think it's going to be really cool to watch it evolve. You know, the other thing that I think is really fun about that concept is it reduces, I think it has the ability to reduce stress, which is a big part of what kids are feeling these days. You know, they think they have to reach this this thing that they're looking after and they really don't they just have to control the moments and do the best that they can do so i always say to my kids you know put the effort in you know work as hard as you can do the best that you can be a great person and then i always say and let the chips fall where they may so as i took on you guys will laugh at this because it always comes back to you you know when i took on this big job it's been it's been stressful at some times and i want to be great at it and i want to learn as quickly as i can and i want to help the organization get better and so they might see on my face like a little stress at times and they go mom do the best you can do, work as hard as you can, <laughs> and let the chips fall where they monsters. may, you know? <laughs> and so I just start laughing. I'm like, that's a really good point. And then they go, and don't forget, you got the coolest job in the world. Awesome. So, that's you know, awesome. so it's when your kids give you back the same advice that you've been giving them their whole life, then you know you've kind of, you've hit it. I think it's pretty well known that you went from an LPGA super fan to running the show. Do you ever feel like you are living the dream? Living the dream? Well, I'll tell you, there's been many of those like sort of pinch me moments. Um, when I got my first text from Nancy Lopez, and and she um, she texted me, and she said, "Hi, this is Nancy Lopez." And this was before I even started. And I thought to myself, "I just got a text from Nancy Lopez. How cool is that?" And then when I you know was interviewing for the job, I logged on to the first Zoom interview, and there was Julie Inkster. And I don't know if you've met Julie Inkster or not, but she's probably the coolest person in the that's world. That's a someday. You know? That's yeah, a that's whole a someday. someday for she'll, us. she'll come do this for you guys. But she is really, I mean, first of all, an amazing player, but also just a really remarkable person and um, so fun and lives life to the fullest and, and is is got great leadership. And so anyway, there's been a lot of those moments where I've been like, wow, this is really cool. And out at the Solheim Cup, I brought my brother with me and he was a, a an LPGA fan growing up as well and a PGA fan. He's a big golfer. And I brought him to Solheim. Cup with me and we walked back in from one of the days and walked into the hotel and there was Beth Daniel, Meg Mallon, Nancy Lopez, um, you know, and, and he was like, are you kidding me right now? Like the, these women are standing and they're so nice and so grateful for their experience. They love the LPGA. So there's been a lot of those moments and I just, you know, I, I'm really excited for what we can do and how we can showcase this amazing um, organization and most importantly, the amazing women that play on this tour. Yeah. You are a multi-sport athlete and played soccer and hockey at Princeton. 
a four-time All-Ivy League selection, a member of the Women's College Hockey All-Decade Team, Female Athlete of the Year at Princeton, you know, stuff like that. But now you are playing golf in pro-ams, trying to win scrambles against the best players in the world. Talk about your love for the game of golf and how being an athlete has helped you improve in this game. Well, that's a great question, seeing how I've played in two pro-ams this week. Yeah. And um, I'm not sure that I'm all that thrilled with my performance, I will tell As you. As Lexi walks by right now to the 10th with, you know, a hurdle of the masses, that's what you're going up against. And how amazing is she? I mean, first of all, I got to spend some time with her when we went out to Cincinnati to announce our new event. She graciously agreed to fly from Solheim after a really long week yeah. and a, a long time. But she said, no problem. I'll come and, and help usher in this new tournament. That's the kind of women that we have on the tour. Um, but just in terms of my golf game, so I started playing golf when I was 12. Um, and my um, family didn't play golf, so it was not something that was kind of, uh, this one my extended family did, but my parents didn't play. My brother is five years older, and he had started playing with his, with his buds, and I saw what he was doing. And getting back to your competition and love of sports, from the minute I was born, I just wanted to play sports and sort of do yeah. what my brother did. So I said to my parents, I want to go do that. And they said, well, we don't have any golf clubs for you. There's no place to play. But there was a public golf course in the town that we grew up in. It was, you know, maybe $8 to play, and I think it was $45 for a membership for the whole year as a junior so I was able to, to join and play you know lots and lots of golf all, all summer long and just became obsessed by it and pl played a lot and really loved it um, when I, I was also playing soccer and ice hockey and softball and a number of other things and so I played in some tournaments and kind of got pretty competitive in golf but it was really hard for my family to manage all three sports and um, I kind of had to make a choice so I decided that I would always play golf I, I didn't think this is maybe what I would be doing in my life but I knew I'd always come back to golf and keep playing my whole life. Mm -hmm. So I chose to play soccer and ice hockey in college. Still kept playing golf, of course, and then played after I graduated. And, and you know, but, but playing in the pro-ams, I haven't played much golf this summer. Um, my family plays, and but we've been pretty busy moving from New Jersey, yeah. you know, moving three kids to, New, to Florida. My husband's had to move his job and move our house and our family and everything that comes along with that. So we haven't had a lot of time for so golf. You're finally coming up for air. Finally coming up for air. <laughs> and we, we, we uh, rented a house in Winter Park, Florida and it happens to be around the corner from this little public golf course that's in the middle of town in Winter Park. It's a nine-hole course. Oh, sweet. It's like, I think it cost $12 for and my so son to play. To... So we've been playing at like 5 o'clock at night on a Saturday night when we have a moment, and my son's playing on the golf team for his school. and um, So I've gotten to play a little bit. But this week, uh, Monday was my first 18-hole round of the year. It's it's October. And then uh, Wednesday was my second 18-hole. So I was telling my the, some friends up in the clubhouse that I'm actually sore from playing golf. You're which supposed is, to be carrying your foursome I, I know, but that's kind of sad that I'm sore, that I'm like physically <laughs> sore from playing 36 holes of golf. But I played, I, I can hit the ball really well off the tee still, but I... I, short game. Well, it's, it's my iron play, my short game. It, it takes a lot of work to be a great golfer. I know that's the whole theme of your um, the podcast. Yeah. You can't just show up on the first tee and expect to be really good. Right. And so I haven't been practicing this summer at all, and it shows. I hit some really <laughs> bad shots yesterday. It was quite embarrassing in front of Lizette Salas, who is amazing, and, and in front of Madeline Sagstrom, who was my partner on the back nine. And they were very gracious about my lack of talent, but, um, <laughs> but it was fun. And, and you know what I did? 
during the whole round, and I'm not sure if they like this or not, but I kept asking them for advice. I'm like, what do I you think they loved it? What are you thinking about? Like I'd say to Lizette, like, what are you thinking about in this shot? Like, are you trying to bounce it up? Are you trying to flop it up? You know, where are you trying to land it? How are you hitting your, you know, and they're so technical and they've thought so hard. Does it so just go hard. past you at that point when they really start digging? Or are you the, good no, with it? I'm you pretty can kinda good with like, it. I'm obsessed by it. Like, yeah. I think the golf swing is so interesting, just for sure. psychologically and um, physiologically. But it's not that I can do what they tell me to do, but I think I understand what I'm trying to get at. Like on the first, the first, no, the second hole. So we all hit great drives on the first hole. We all hit great approaches into the, into the par four. You know, we were like, this is amazing. We're just world beaters. And then we get to the next hole. We all hit pretty good drives. And then all of us, except for Lizette, hit a terrible second shot, myself included. And we were on a downhill lie. It just was a little more difficult. And that sent us into a little bit of a tailspin. And so I said to her, how, how are you thinking about this when it's slightly down? And she knew exactly what she was doing. She had her shoulders in the right place. She, you know, it was, and, and uh, Madeline did the same thing on the back nine. So. And there's only 7,000 opportunities to know exactly where to put your shoulders and your hands and, exactly. and the backswing. And that's what makes this game as impossible a game as that exists in this world because no shot is the same. Yeah. And uh, no lie is the same. And no. even though everybody came out here and said, you know, this course really fits my eye. It's wide. It's, it, wait, just wait. I saw a couple people coming up on the ninth and they've got an awkward stance on a chip and that changes everything. everything. And so they're so technical about, you know, the big picture stuff, but they know every single opportunity that exists out there that might throw you off and they're ready for it isn't that like a pretty amazing life lesson if you sort of translate that into life life's easy when things are going well mm -hmm. life's really hard when you get a curveball thrown at you or, sure. or when it's yeah. not a perfect lie i like to say that's good and in golf i'm i'm decent when it's a perfect lie i'm not perfect when it's a perfect lie but when it's a bad lie because i don't play enough and i don't practice enough and i and maybe i don't have exactly the right talent but you have to then adapt and just know that hey golf is the, the, my favorite golf book is golf is not a game of perfect and it's like um, it, it kind of changed the whole way I approach the game I was expecting to hit every shot perfectly as a kid and it was stressful if you thought you had to hit every job, shot perfectly you don't you just have to keep grinding at it and know if you got an eight on one hole you better just come back and get a four on the next one um, so huge life lessons in golf and that's why I think it's a such an important game for young girls to play yeah it really is so there is no doubt that your time at Princeton opened up the doors to the LPGA and your current role at the top. What are you most proud of when you reflect back on your years at Princeton as an AD? Oh man, I, I mean, I you know, listen, I love my time there. Um, I th there's a lot of things that I'm proud of. We won a lot of championships, right? And everybody, lo everybody loves a Every winner. Every AD talks <laughs> yeah. about that first. We, we won a lot of championships, and the championships though were just a result of what I think is was a a great culture created on the teams by the coaches. And so we talked about that yeah. all the time. Our performance model started with strong leadership, and strong leadership sort of defines values, and then values leads to behaviors. Behaviors lead to culture, and culture all ultimately leads to performance on a team. So that was kind of our full performance model. And then we, we developed that while it was there and we thought about it a lot. And the coaches were already doing a lot of that, but we kind of put it into an intentional plan. And then we also, and we talked about our own values, what things were important to the to the organization to be successful. We had this be a tiger and the A, the T, the I, the G, the E, and the R stood for something. So be accountable, team oriented, having integrity, be growth minded, being engaged and being respectful. So we talked about that all the time. It's kind of like at the LPGA, we talk about acting like a 
founder. And so that's why this event is so important because the founders did all those things, right? They were accountable and team oriented and they had integrity and they put the growth of the organization first. They were respectful to each other. They did all those things that matter. And that's what the people at the LPGA do and the players do. They act like a founder. They put the organization first. So I was really proud of the performance program that we put together. Um, we focused on psychological and physiological behaviors that lead to peak performance. All the things you guys talk about yeah. all the time and trying to create that environment for the players to, to succeed. We also built some cool facilities. We redesigned a lot of things because it goes back to the mindset that you guys were talking about. I felt like in order to really be great, you had to be great at everything. You can't just be great at part of it. You have to have, you know, things be clean and organized and you have to have them look nice. And when the players walked in, it was important that they felt like the environment matched the quality of their abilities and our goals. You know, it matched the goals, the high lofty goals that we had. So we focused a lot on, on that stuff. But I think the thing that I love the most was the, the culture that we developed as a as an organization. I got a text from the new AD who said, I hope the people at the LPGA, your staff at the LPGA are as phenomenal as the people that you left me here on this team. So that to me told me that he was going to be great at what he was doing. And I wrote back, they are, you know, that's what I wrote back to him. So I think that's the thing that matters the most and that I'm most proud of. But I will tell you, Ali, we won a lot of championships. <laughs> it's always nice. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, so what are the biggest goals for the LPGA in years to come? Well, I mean, we have a lot of goals and we're actually in a strategic planning process right now. So I sort of have this 100 day plan from the time that I started through the end of the, the calendar year. And I think part of that, um, the big part of that was listening. I think you you cannot think that my, my father used to always say, you've never learned anything while you're talking. You know, you have to listen to other people and be willing to, to learn every day. And so um, I've been listening to players and partners and staff and um, fans and just trying to really understand what the LPJ is all about, understand what the challenges are that we face now. And then we'll, we'll, we as a whole team will collectively come together and put together a strategic plan and we're diving into the details. You know, I think a big part of it is I'd like two things. I mean, three things, four things, ten things. But um, one thing is to uh, create the very best environment for our players to reach peak performance. You know, so mm -hmm. thinking about their overall travel schedule, thinking about the um, physio trailers that's on site and how they can recover properly after competing. Because these are the top athletes in the world. You know, think about that. You're, yeah. you're sitting around the very best women's golfers in the, in the world, right? It's not, yeah. I'm just thinking about how many people play golf and this is where these women are. So we, we have to work and I think we've done a good job in that, but that's something we can always, um, you know, sort of focus on and get better. So I've asked the players, what would make your environment, your situation or your environment better? So that's one thing I think we, um, you know, we have lots of people interested in the LPGA and we need to kind of continue to grow our revenue so we can reinvest in our players and reinvest in the tour. Um, so, and I think part of the way you do that is get more more exposure I know and that's why I love what you guys are doing if you can highlight the women on this tour um, I think you'll uh, you know that'll help us a lot more and we do a great job of it but I think more people other than the diehard golfers should know about the remarkable women on this on this tour so we're thinking about creative ways to use the media and creative ways to kind of brand our our, our tour so um, Annie Park came on and 
I was like, we're going to figure it out, Allie. We're going to get a recipe for what it takes to become an LPGA pro. Okay. And we had so an outline. We had an outline. We were all prepped. We were like, okay, let's get the ingredient list together. What does it really take? How much of this? How much of that? Blah, blah, blah. We put it out. I think it's one of our, it was definitely one of your favorite like hours to spend with anybody talking because she was just so open and fun and had great energy. And then we're like, we've got it. We know what it is. We'll send it out. Everybody will listen to it, and they'll say, this is what you got to do. And they, two best buddies came on. In fact, Elizabeth is playing Unreal right now. I think she's four or five under. Yeah. And then Cheyenne Last Knight was sitting next to her. She's four under. And then they sat down, and I was like, we know nothing. Because what they did to get to where they are is it's the so opposite yep. of what Annie Park did. And it was just like, these stories need to be shared. Yeah. Because everybody thinks that there's a magic formula to it. And it's really not. It's not. It seems to me that each person's story is so unique and individualized that the more podcasts that we put out, the more stories that we share. And it, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, Lexi and Brooke. It really, it, it's, it can be anybody. I mean, it can be juniors. It can be, you know, high achieving collegiate players that I'm picking and I'm piecing together what I think is going to be the formula for alley and then i'm thinking well lucy's totally a different kid this is my other child she's not going to do anything that worked for her right and so if you don't have the opportunity like a library or a catalog to just say oh you know what i like that that might work and try it and fail right just like life right it's difficult when you're on your own trying to figure this out because i look at all these dads walking around here with their little kids and it wasn't that long ago in 2017 that i was standing thinking like how can i help Allie? How can I help her get to the place that she needs to be in this game? It doesn't have to be playing on this tour. It could just be being great in high school. It could be playing in college. And so this has been the best journey for me as a dad. And certainly I think the best experience for Allie as a young player, because every time we walk away from one of these, she says, dad, you know what? I really liked that little piece. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're right. I think People don't know unless they're here. Yeah. And people are never going to know unless they listen. Right, because everyone's trying to reach their own peak performance. And I think that's what it is, your own peak performance. It's not, um, you know, Brooke Henderson's peak performance, because she might be born with a certain amount of natural talent that allows her to excel at that level. But everyone should be striving to reach their own peak performance. And I think the way you do that is by really knowing what you value. You know, mm-hmm. knowing what you value, knowing what you care about, and then making sure that you live those values every day. And then you're going to change. You know, you're going to figure out a routine that might work better. You're going to try something different, but you have to know yourself. It's like being a leader. You got to be authentic. You are who you are, and and you can't change that. So, I love the fact that you guys are focused in on that kind of stuff, and I think that's super important. Yeah. We'd keep you for two more hours. We would. We can't. Come on, we, let's stay. Come, this is fun. You have stuff going my, my on. My kids I'm are going to be like, Mom, they at. were asking you questions that you the, want to talk about your entire okay, life. This here. is all you want to talk about, Mom. You know it. <laughs> Fine. Then you're giving us the opportunity to ask this question. Yeah. I'm sure you are proud of everything that makes the LPGA Tour. You should be proud. Proud of your team, the players that make this game special, the fans, the sponsors, but I'm guessing you are most proud of your family. You have three children, Maddie, Katie, and Drew. Are you a golf mom, a baseball mom, 
a sports mom, as well as the commissioner. I am all those things. I'm not sure as long as they're not negative. Those those you know the soccer mom sometimes gets okay, that. Okay, no. Yeah, take I'm, pride I'm in whatever version one. of that you, you are. You will not hear me yelling on the sidelines as a parent. <laughs> you won't hear me doing it. I will never scream and yell at the at the refs or at the kids. They're out there to have fun. I tell my kids, listen. The whole reason you play sports is to learn and have fun. The minute you stop having fun, do something different. And uh, listen, as you said before, Ali, I am the most competitive person that you'll meet but I recognize that sports has a much bigger purpose than just trying to win every single minute of every single game and so when my kids start to get stressed out oh I didn't you know if I they didn't do as well in a game as they wanted to or they you know didn't and it said no no, no. the whole point of playing sports is not to get recruited or to become you know hopefully that will come with great work as you said but really the goal is to learn and to, to grow through the experience and to have fun sports are supposed to be fun I say that to my kids all the time sports are supposed to be fun and the minute you stop having fun go do something else so they have fun playing they all play sports my son plays too many sports i'm a big believer in multi-sport kids that you know that playing a lot of different sports helps and so again you know i told you how they threw back my words at them so i was saying to my son the other day listen you're kind of killing me right now like there's too many sports and, and traveling all around and he goes I believe in being a multi-sport athlete, Mom. <laughs> um, so, so I, what you get for raising smart kids? I know, but he, smart he, he's like lacrosse has become his top sport, and so you know he's playing hockey. Hockey in Florida is a little challenging. You yeah, have not, to travel not, all over. Not the, where from? Not, not, from not in Chicago. Chicago. No, not in New Jersey where we were from. But Florida, good hockey, but just far away. You know the rinks are. So I'm like, Drew, you're going to keep playing hockey? He's like, first of all, I love hockey. I'm doing it for fun, and second of all, that's going to make me a better lacrosse player. Um, he also plays golf. He also plays soccer. My two daughters play, um, my middle daughter plays soccer and lacrosse, and my older daughter plays hockey and lacrosse. And my older daughter is going to go play hockey at Williams College. Um, she's committed there for next year, and she also plays mm -hmm. lacrosse at a high level. So, And my middle daughter is a junior in high school, so she's still trying to figure out what her path's going to be, but yeah. she's a great athlete and great kid. And So I'm really proud of them. As you said, the thing that you're most proud of is most proud of my family. My husband's a great dad and a great husband, and you know we, we work hard to support each other. It's not perfect. You know, nothing's perfect. Our family's not perfect. You know, I don't want anyone to think it is because it's not. But we work hard every day to, yeah. you know, support each other. It sounds like you guys, too. I love that you guys do this together. Yeah, it's pretty special. Yeah. I, I, and I, I love your sweatshirts today. You're wearing your <laughs> How do we not get the sweatshirt? Yeah. What a great branding message and, and hit this viral thing went. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw the NBA guys walking around in them, and it's it's for a great cause. We haven't talked about it yet. but. Yeah. I almost, is it 100% of the proceeds are going to yeah, yeah, yeah. children that are in situations maybe um, that they might not have the opportunity to participate in a golf? Absolutely, going to our foundation, which you know is another really big part of the LPGA that people don't actually understand is that in addition to running the LPGA Tour, we, we run this very impactful and important foundation. And right before I came down to talk to you guys, we were having a foundation meeting and talking about how we're going to continue to give the opportunity of golf to those who might not be able to to afford it or might not be exposed to it in the same ways that others are. And so, and that's a really important part of our strategy for the LPGA is to give back to people who we want people to value and or to, to, to gain the value of um, this game. Like I did as a kid, like you have Allie and um, because it's way more than just playing golf. It's about all those life lessons that you guys talk about all the time and we've talked about here today. So I have a picture. I'll show you guys after we get off. I have a picture of my entire family, including the dog wearing one of those sweatshirts.
Really? <laughs> yeah. The dog, too. The dog's wearing one, What'd too. What'd you get? An adult small? I couldn't find one for Gracie. No youth sizes in there. This is a big already. dog. Big dog. She's a Bernadoodle. Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. This this has been, and, and we do want to come back someday, so I feel like there's other people besides the commissioner that would hold us accountable for your absence wherever you're supposed to be. So we're going to let you go. Sounds but good. I tell you what, it's been a really, you know, you mentioned it in your talk. You got to stop talking to learn something. Yep. And I think I learned a lot, and I think Allie did too. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank awesome. you. Well, keep doing this, guys. I love it, and I'm going to now be one of your biggest fans. So Molly, sitting down with you as this tournament gets underway has been a pleasure. We talked to a lot of people, but you are on another level. I know I won't be forgetting this anytime soon. Thank you again for joining us on Grow the Grind. Awesome. Thank you, guys. This was great. Great. Make way for Ricky Lasky. I can't wait to hear what Ricky has to say about her perspective on behind-the-scenes grind of the LPGA. We just wrapped up our first segment with the LPGA Commish, Molly Marcus-Simon. We aren't slowing down anytime soon, as the LPGA's Chief Tournament Business Officer, Ricky Lasky, sits down with us to share her work on making the tour what it is today. Ricky, this has been an incredible week for me. I had the chance to sit down and talk with my favorite player and role model, Allie Ewing. It was everything I hoped it would be. We recorded a segment with Amari and Andre Avery, the youngest player in this week's Founders Cup field. Yesterday, we hung out with Jensen Castle and chatted up her US Am win, Kentucky golf, and more. Thank you for helping create the LPGA as what we know today. I'm excited to hear about your journey behind the scenes, and thank you for sitting down with us today on Grow the Grind. Well, it's my absolute pleasure to be with you today, Allie. I'm so excited to be here and so proud of what you've accomplished. Thank not you. Only, not only this week, but to, to have a podcast like this and really try to grow the game for, for girls and, and aspire to be on the LPJ Tour and, and look towards mentors like Allie Ewing. Um, I'm so excited for you and, and what you're what you've already accomplished. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's been cool, isn't it? Yeah, Al? it's been such a cool such a cool experience for me and my dad and all these moments we've had together. Just really special. And I guess that's probably for you. I don't know. Like I don't want to like get out overstep myself here, but that's mm -hmm. a sense of pride because that's what I think. You, since you've begun with this thing, you've been looking to accomplish is. You really put a lot of time and energy into to the young girls and developing that next generation, and you know, been hopeful to produce a product that really stands out and is uh, the strength in female sports. And to me, my biased perspective, that's really what the LPGA is. I'm very optimistic about what's to come for you guys, and I think that you clearly have have something to stand on that you you can really believe in. Well, appreciate that very much. I'll tell you, it starts at Allie's age. It starts with um, putting clubs in girls' hands and get, getting them excited about the game mm -hmm. and ensuring that they stay with the game, you know, and, and, and get into uh, high school and play, play against the boys when you can and, and make sure you're, you have good competition in high school, go on to collegiate. Uh, get on our developmental tour and, and then obviously come out here and, and, and play with us at the LPGA. Yeah. I'm excited about your future and uh, it, it starts with, with kids like you. So yeah. really glad you're, you were you. where you are. 
So like I said, I know this podcast has created so many new connections and relationships for us, and I hope to hold on to them forever. Would you say you are in the relationship business as well? 100%. That's my job day in and day out is to um, talk with our title sponsors, the CEOs, the, the chief marketing officers, the chief financial officers, and ensure that when, when they are partners with the LPGA, uh, that it's that it goes beyond the week that we hold the tournament. You know, what value are they getting out of our our events? What value does the LPGA uh, bring to their company? How can they use our platform to better tell their story? So it's all about relationships. We have 34 events on our schedule, and so I'm not allowed to choose a favorite. I, mm. Each one is special in its own right, and each week is is very special. Not only, not only for um, the the folks that we do business with, our partners, but uh, obviously for our players, our caddies, and our staff as well. Wow, yeah, I don't know how you even begin to develop that relationship, though. I mean, for you, I'd imagine it's become old hat. But when you really break it down, and there's new people coming in, every business is evolving, right? You've got turnover in some of those departments where you've got these long-standing rich traditions for what event is tied to what course and what time of year and you're probably balancing a lot there in those relationships so how do you manage that well it's all about communication right it's all in how you treat people and make them feel special and part of the solution so it, you know cognizant is a, is a great example great phenomenal company 40 billion dollar company we started talking with them about a year and a half ago and it and it was several conversations it's it's How meeting, did it start? meeting face to face uh, we met them through their sports agency group and so I had a conversation with their chief marketing officer and his team and we really uh, discussed how to bring our two um, platforms together and better tell their story and better tell the story of who Cognizant is and how to use the LPGA um, and, and, and use diversity and inclusion to tell that story. Uh, they've done a phenomenal job. I think you can see it on site this week um, that, that they um, spared no expense here. Yeah, it's so well branded. It's, I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. It's very clean. It's an elegant logo. You know, they've tied it really nicely to the Founders Cup. Now it's fantastic, and to be able to tie that in and um, give homage to the 13 founders, which is what this mm -hmm. this week's all about, it's been a great marriage together. Yeah, it has to be. You know, it's not like the other ones where, you know, as a title sponsor, you really want to be like out in it, right? You're the you're the title sponsor. You bang your chest. Look at me, rah rah. But somehow, I don't know if this was your team, or if it's just the type of partners that they are. They've allowed almost to kind of be second fiddle to the fact that this is more about the founders and the 13 of them and that they're supporting that fully. And, um, and that's cool. Is that something that took some convincing or is that just, it was, an, it was a layup for them? No, it was a layup for them. In fact, they came to us and we, we actually talked about several different ideas for them to be a title sponsor and they were really drawn to the Founders Cup and what it meant to the LPGA and it and to give back to those that came before so mm -hmm. and it's 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 about um, paying it forward and and now 
the the Alleys and Brooke Hendersons and So Young Yus of the world really want to ensure that they now take the ball and run forward with it too. And yeah. Cognizant's been um, a phenomenal partner mm. in, in order for us to do that. So title sponsorship is a big deal for the LPGA. When you came into your job in 2012, there were only 27 events on tour, and that wasn't enough for you. How have you helped grow the tour over the last 10 years into what it is today? Well, as they say, Ali, it takes a village, and, mm -hmm. and we certainly have an amazing team at the LPGA. Um, when, you know, as I look over the last 10 years and how much we've grown, it, it's a great first step and very proud of where we are today, but we have, we have new heights to reach. And I look forward to the next 10 years and what that may look like. It, we, may, we may be at 34 events in 10 years, but my hope is that we're playing phenomenal venues. We continue to, to push that envelope. We continue to raise purses for these incredible women athletes. Yeah. And so when it's your turn um, and, and we're playing for $80 million this year, um, my hope is when you join the LPGA, we're paying for $150 million. What a great story we saw in the movie, The Founders there, when they yeah. talked about how difficult the purses were to just like collect. And there was a scene in that movie where they had mentioned not having enough money to pay for like the last place, so they passed the hat. And it was in Jersey, I think, actually. And so now we stand here today, and there's a lot of action. There's kids walking around getting autographs now. Finally, we're seeing a little bit more life around here with the Pro-Am starting. It's been a, a definitely a different vibe. We've mm -hmm. had 35 planes go over, so people are coming in <laughs> to watch it, clearly. Yep. And uh, by the way, we're playing for $3 million. Wow. Uh, it's the highest purse, I think, outside of a major, and so there was some some planning behind that. That's not on accident, is it? It is not on accident. They, they really wanted to commit to the players that um, it was important. Uh, it was important to raise the purse. It, you know, when we started the Founders 10 years ago, I don't know mm -hmm. if you know the story, but um, there was no purse for the players. We started this, there was a charity component, so they would give to charity, but they they, they received zero dollars. No way. And that's Didn't how we started it. it. And it was really to, 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 um, to share the story of the founders and to get people excited, and then obviously it's grown to what it's grown into today. So, you know, we, we, we've certainly been creative over the years to, to figure these things out. I, I think you all probably saw the announcement yesterday of Chevron and our new major um, title there, um, we raised that purse to five million. Boom. Um, we raised uh, AIG um, Women's Open uh, to 5.8 this year, 6.8 next year. Um, How big of a part in that do you have? Stop saying village. It, it you're, does. You're at the no, lead, I know, no, but this, these conversations come from you, right? I mean, this is your agenda item to bring the port purse up. Is that a big part of what you're doing for the tour? Well, it's, it, it, it's part. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't know how many hats you wear. Like, I, I assume a lot. No, it, it, it's part that, and, and that's really important, obviously, to raise a port purse, but mm -hmm. it's also really important to us to ensure that um, we have the right playing opportunities. We're talking to the right title sponsors. We're moving the ball forward. So that the purse is certainly part of that. 
but it, it, it's it's so much more than that too. You know, how are we partnering outside of our tournament schedule? What are we doing on the Symmetra tour? How are we growing the game for teaching professionals? Uh, what are we doing for girls golf? So it's a little bit of everything kind of mixed in there. So when I go to somebody like um, Cognizant, it's not just about this week. It's how can you help grow the game for girls and women? And mm-hmm. that, that's really important to me. Important to us too, right? Yeah, it is important. Uh, venue. You're talking about a venue here that's got a logo that has the year 1912 on it. Now, that's a long time ago. And so this place <laughs> has had plenty of opportunity to make improvements and figure out their greens. And, and somebody mentioned to us, I think it might have been Allie, she was like, it's a USGA setup. Like, you know, those USGA big time events are a different type of teeth to them. How proud are you about setting one up here? Well, we, um, you know, I met with um, the folks here, with the board, as we were looking at venues in the area, and um, they just really rolled out the red carpet for us. We we toured the facility, obviously. We walked each hole. So we knew it was going to be a good setup. I can tell you, um, I've talked to several players this week. They feel like it's major-like. I mean, they've, they've certainly taken great care of of the players and caddies this week, but the the setup this week is going to be phenomenal. I I will predict right now. I don't think the winner will be. Uh, yeah. I I think it'll be single digits. I love that you say that. Yeah, I was going to ask. Really do. Yeah. I really um, do. What did we just have like a nineteen or something like that in Seaview? I think that might have been okay. the number. Uh, Allie just played Seaview, and it's definitely different than this course. It's a great course, but this is a. Uh, it's got a little bit more mint going on when I look at the tee boxes. And, and, and uh, I know that 18th there, we watch people playing that one, giving them fits all yeah, day long, yeah, the way no that doubt. that thing slopes down hard late. So I think you're right. I think it is going to be, uh, it's not going to be a fireworks. It's going to be a you got to earn it type week here. Yeah. you got to be smart. And yeah. that tends to lead to some of the names that you might, you, you're unbiased, but some others might like seeing at the top of the leaderboard because sometimes the cream does rise in those circumstances when everything's a challenge and the course can bite you a number of different ways. What do you got, Al? So speaking of mint courses, Pinehurst has always been a special place in my heart. And also, I know you told us how it's been a special place in your heart. And... It seems like you went from a chef to helping run things in the LPGA after a Payne Stewart putt. How did life work out like that for you? Well, it's funny, Allie. Um, when you're young, you're not really sure what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you may know. I, I, I wasn't quite she has sure. No idea. I wasn't quite <laughs> sure. So I decided to, um, uh, after I graduated, college I I decided to go to culinary school I did my internship at Pinehurst and then I went to be an executive chef and I decided well I'm gonna open my own restaurant so I need some I I need to to get some more experience so I went back to Pinehurst for seven years and worked in food and beverage kind of worked my way up and had the opportunity to work on the 1999 open Hmm. uh, when Payne Stewart won and fell in love with the game um, and, and spent several years working on U.S. Opens and Women's Opens that came through Pinehurst. And I fell in love with the women's game, uh, working on the 01 and 07 U.S. Women's Opens that were Pine Needles. And so when I left there, um, I had the opportunity to, to um, 
work in the corporate world and, and start a PGA tour, champion, tour event at Sea Island, Georgia, which is still going on today. And then I decided to, to kind of circle back to women's golf and um, made, a, made a couple calls. And um, that next week, I was talking with the then commissioner, Mike Wan, and thankfully he hired me. And 10 years later, here I am with you. It doesn't wow. make any sense at all. It you realize that that yeah. story makes no sense. Like, well, here I am. can you make a cupcake? I, I, I love, no, I'm a horrible baker. I love I, I to create, but terrible baker. Too, too scientific for me. I think you found your niche. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that, I mean, maybe at, at the expense of your children's enjoyment of cooking, but that's okay. I think they probably got a good thing going, and uh, I wouldn't, they wouldn't trade anything, nor would you. The Pinehurst story is, is interesting because it's evolved so much since you were there and since 99. In fact, like, I think the challenge there was trying to figure out how to get people to uh, attend or visit this lonely resort that's nearly in the middle of nowhere at the time, and that is not the case now. No. It is it is insane over Heck, there. Yeah. What's the traffic like on the Thistle Dude day to day? I mean, <laughs> when World comes around, there's a line to get onto the Thistle Dude. I mean, that's, yeah. oh, it's, yeah. it's, you can't book a tea time at any of the courses no. members can't get on to Pine cradle. six cradle is booming so you know and now they're going to do a new they're doing a new hotel over there and yeah. what a what a difference in the time that you spent there to now and that's how things just they naturally evolve um and your career naturally evolved into this would you would you trade anything for it not a thing yeah. no i loved every step and and that that that's the cool thing Allie, about you know trying to figure out where you're going to go yeah sometimes it takes a couple twists and turns and you just you just kind of hold on for the ride and and do what 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 you you're going to be passionate about when yeah. i decided to to go back into women's golf it's because i knew i could be really passionate about it and i i felt like i could make a difference and and i hope i have so yeah we're talking about your passion for this and what is the best part about your job? The people. The people? Meeting people. I love building relationships, going back to what we talked about earlier, and, and um, trying to connect dots. Mm -hmm. So I, I really try to listen and understand what some of our partners want and try to figure out ways that it, that it, it exceeds their expectations. That's spectacular. Yeah. That's a talent, you know. That's the vision of that and the ability to kind of piece things together. Um, so I'm sure that you have people that support you for that. But in in looking around here this week, it's worked out pretty well since it was a since it was a charity event ten years ago to now. Yeah. You know, the players make the tour. Has the LPGA ever been in a better position to grow the brand? You know, I don't think so. I feel yeah. like. Um, We've done an incredible job. I, I don't know if you've seen any of our drive-on spots, mm -hmm. um, but from a, a branding perspective, from where we are, from a purse perspective, um, from from where we came from to now, I, I don't think we've ever been in a better spot, quite honestly. Um, my phone rings off the hook these days, which is great. And we have, we have prospects and, and partners that we're talking to, so, it's only up from here, I, I think. Everybody wants a little piece of it, right? They want to be involved. Is well, it more they want access to players or they want to have their name uh, tied to events? What are well, people calling you about? Well, I'll, I'll tell you, 
if you don't know our product, you don't know. But if you come out here and play in one of our pro-ams and you get to know some of these players, um, you'll, you'll cheer for them for life. It, it, our product is a little bit different, and, and it's all about our players because they're such ambassadors of the game. Mm -hmm. As you get to know these players, I mean, there's not another sports organization that I'm aware of that um, when you play in our program, you walk with our players, you talk with our players, they help you with putts, they come to the pairings parties, they, they're really involved in in selling our tour because we've always had to do that. We've always been kind of the underdog. And so we, our players get it. Our, when, we, when, when our rookies come on board, we have rookie orientation on how to play in a program, how to talk with people one-on-one, -on -one, how to market yourself because it's super important. So I feel like we do that better than anyone else and it, it's starting to pay dividends now. Yeah. I, that just reminds me again of that story where you think about they would, you know, the founders would have to go into these like, these like alumni halls, or they would they would walk into a American Legion organization or a Kiwanis or whatever you call it, and they'd have to tell everybody like, hey, come out and watch us. I know you're playing bingo tonight, but tomorrow <laughs> we're playing 18 holes and we're pretty good. And they'd convince a few of them to come because they made a connection or they'd have to go and they'd go to a ball and they would dance. And this is in like the 1950s. And the legacy, the whole act like a founder mission that you guys have like inscripted on the side there. We're going to get to see, you know, uh, Shirley sit there and hug people as they come up. Amazing that in a generation of five second hit, scroll through your phone instagram that you've managed to maintain that notion that this is what matters and this is what makes us great um something to be proud of i would say well thank you and and they certainly left it better than they found it and that's our job and our responsibility um to to do the same going forward women golfers are taking over courses across america how proud of that are you Oh, incredibly proud. You know, it, it's, as our numbers continue to rise and, and I see girls out there, um, not, o not only out here, but at PJ Tour events, mm -hmm. that I, I just, I, I love, I'll, I'll take my kids to Top Golf and I'll see so many little girls playing out there and that's yeah. a great way for them to start if that's where they're comfortable and then getting them out into some girls golf programs, getting them on high school teams and I, I'm so proud of that, and we're going to continue to grow that. It's so important to our organization to get more girls involved in the game and keep them in, in the game throughout their lifetime. It's a, yeah. it's a game you can play. Um, I, I play. I, I love to play, and, you know, I, I want to be able to, to play with my kids when they're older as well. So I, it's so important to us to continue to grow the game for girls. Yeah, Brooke told us a story yes, just yesterday that when uh, she was out there on the driving range that Shirley just came over and hit her driver. Yeah, That's Brooke just, Henderson was saying that to us yeah. yesterday. Where she, she said, yeah. I got a 48-inch driver, <laughs> and two years ago I was out on the range, and Shirley just walked over to me and pulled it out of the bag and <laughs> hit it in the center of the face. Like That's just proof that golf is a sport you can always play. It's can you so imagine? She's 94 years yeah. old. She's amazing. She is just amazing. And and the stories that she can tell, if you have an opportunity to well, sit down with her. she's coming on tomorrow. She's incredible. And Unbelievable. I, what a gift for this child next to me. Does she even know? 
She uh, can't even <laughs> comprehend what type of opportunity she, that is. She will, though. Yeah. She will. And you'll have it. You right. know, that's fantastic. Yeah, we're yeah. proud of it. I think the women golf game is growing. I have three daughters. You know that. Two of them are big golfers. One of them plays the cradle and runs miles for fun. <laughs> and I know that, you know, from a marketing perspective and from a bottom dollar situation that it's bringing in money. Women golfers are bringing money. So if the stodgy old men who still think it's a men's game have a problem with it, they better look, get out of the way and they better move fast because, you know, we th they're taking over. And I love it because when, when my daughters stand on a range and they hit golf balls, you know who's paying attention? The old men. And they're, and they're more inclined to go talk to my wife and say, wow, you know, oh, this is so great, you know, and it's, I don't know, it's sometimes a compliment, sometimes like they're confused by it, but, you know, I think it's becoming more and more common, and so we like to see it, we'd like to see more girls' clothing options for sure, for you guys, you poor girls, but, you know, I think it's coming slowly, and, and we're going to continue to see it evolve. You mentioned, you mentioned the LPGA girls, so what do you, Alan, yeah, what do you so think? Yeah, so the LPGA girls program has turned out so many amazing players. How is that helping drive the next generation of golfers? Well, it's what you want to aspire to, right? So if you see it, you can be it. Mm -hmm. So if you see some of these players that have gone through our girls' golf program, and now they're, you see them out here on the range for the LPJ, you see, you see them winning um, professional golf tournaments, and, and that they started exactly where, where you're starting. So you can aspire to be that because you can see it. If you can see it, you can, you can become it. Mm -hmm. And that, that for me is, um, you know, that, that's what I want for my girls. That's what I want for girls across the globe. Uh, yeah. I, I think it's so important. If you can't see it, it's, it's, there's, somebody's got to start that. So now they have, and you can see that. And that, that's, I want you to go home and, and say, I can absolutely do that. I know I have the talent to do that. I'm yeah. going to work hard every day. I see how hard they still grind. I'm going to continue to do that. I know I can make it to that level. Yeah. That's what's important. You yeah. seem pretty easy going. Right? You seem pretty chill. I don't know if you're giving us your business voice right now. Or you're just really <laughs> kind of relaxed. But what, now that next one there is, I don't know if we're even going to be able to get an honest yeah. answer. I don't know. Uh-oh. So uh, what is the most stressful part of your job? Hmm. Look, organizing this type of thing is difficult. Yeah, I mean, there are millions of imagine. moving parts. Yeah, I can't even get you guys to show up for a basketball practice on time, <laughs> right? Like, so I, that's just what we see. You know, this is supposed to be a behind-the-scenes segment where you kind of open the doors a little bit to really what's going on when you guys are trying to get ready for all of this. If you don't like the stress, this is probably the wrong place for you. I mean, mm -hmm. you want to ensure that you leave it better than you found it. So you're always pushing yourself. Yeah, I work with a lot of type A personalities who, who always want to be the best, always want to be yeah. the best. And we're all kind of like that. So it's always kind of pushing yourself to the limit to get better and better. So there's a little stress on with that. Um, but I'd say, listen, at, at the end of the day, the onus is on us to provide the best opportunities for girls and women. And so I, I take a lot of pride in that, but it's, it's, it's a bit stressful because you, 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 don't wanna, you don't wanna mess that up. You wanna make sure that uh, they're the best opportunities out there for, yeah, for, for, sure. for you guys to be successful. 
they they all hold a special place, but you've been probably more a part of some than others. So what are some of the most memorable title sponsorship deals or processes that you've gone through? Can you just maybe speak to one or two that you were heavily involved in? Um, well, I, I've been involved in, in all of them since I stepped in the door, which is fantastic. They, they you know, it's, it's almost like your kids. Like, how do you pick? Well, let me pick one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is easier. <laughs> okay, let me just say the, the we want to go watch somebody jump into Poppy's Pond, right? Allie, are you checked in right now? Like, do you remember we said that we we had planned to go to San Diego and sit down and talk to yeah, Allie the first that's time? That's when we were going to go talk to Allie. And, and we were like, we're watching. And, COVID, and she was McDonald at the time. We're yeah. watching Allie McDonald jump into the pond. Yeah. And the, the plane that's always kind of on display, the ANA plane, and it's, it's so ingrained in my mind from a branding perspective now that, you know, the pond is something and, the, and the, that's a beautiful course. And it's just the way that that comes about every single year. It's creating tradition. It's creating that, that feel that you want to accomplish for every single event, don't you? That's the goal. So let's speak to that one. So uh, fantastic. So Playing fifty now fifty one years in one location is 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 not something we typically do. So there's a lot of history and tradition in Rancho Mirage. Um, very excited to have one more go at it next year and and really celebrate all those that have been involved with that tournament over the years. But, you know, I would tell you sometimes change is inevitable. Mm-hmm. And, and to grow, sometimes you have to change. And I, I, I applaud Chevron for stepping up. You know, A&A has, were a phenomenal partner of ours for seven years. Um, but with COVID and uh, being, being in the airline industry, mm-hmm. it was a tough go. And... Um, was time for them to move on and Chevron stepped in and we really looked at it holistically and how do we grow this event? How do we, how do we take the rich history and tradition and pull that through, pull that thread through so we honor those that came before us, we honor those 51 years, mm-hmm. but how then do we grow the game? And it's not just about purse, I promise you. There's there's so many other things from a, a player enhancement standpoint. There's so many things um, that we'll be able to do that we quite frankly couldn't do before. It's about growing the game. It's about ensuring that people can watch the event. So be, being able, um, beginning in 2023, to get on network TV that we weren't able to do because of the date that we were in before. There were some parameters around that date at that particular club that we just couldn't move off that date. As you know, we were up against ANWA um, also, which yeah. unfortunately we should be able to celebrate both. Shouldn't be a competition. So, so how do we fix that? And um, these are some solutions that you have found with Chevron. And at, Yes, and at, at the end of the day, the things, all, all, when I first started talking with Chevron, they said all the right things. We want to grow the game. We, we want to give these players their due. We want to ensure that they're playing... Um, and, and we want to ensure we pull through that history and tradition, everything that Dinah Shore did for 
the event, you know, the, the past champions, how do we honor them throughout the years and continue to honor them? It's a difficult challenge, isn't it? It is, but I, I'll tell you, again, you know, we, we went through something similar when we moved the LPGA Championship, um, at, which is now the KPMG PGA. Um, we, we went through some similar... Um, yeah, but that's worked out well. It's worked out KPMG well. is one of the best brands that you're going to find when tied to a major. I mean, that's one of your first experiences, too. Yeah, that was. We watched it. Uh, we went to that tournament, and it's just... And then you moved it out of Illinois. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and that rotates. That's yeah, certainly I know, rotates. I know. But we saw Olympia Fields. That's actually her first event. And then, yeah, then we was. went to Kemper and... We hung around Kemper, but you, but you know, like to to that end, I, you know, change change is good sometimes because mm-hmm. then you can grow and and um, I think that's what the founders would want. They want they, you know, if I went back and I talked to Shirley about this, that all they wanted was to have the stage to show how how very good they are, and that's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah. Well, look forward to seeing what Chevron turns out for you. Obviously, dates are going to be different. Venue, are we? Do we have a lot of that figured out yet? We're still working on venue. Yeah, we're still working. We'll we'll announce that in a couple months, but uh, it certainly will be major caliber. Major caliber. Yes. I like the sound of that. Ricky, I'm sure you have sponsors to hang out with and hands to shake. Make sure you take some time to soak this weekend because it's clearly a special tournament. I know I will. Can't wait to meet Shirley tomorrow. Your work is paying off. Don't stop now. Please keep pushing the limits and making sure the LPGA gets bigger and better. Girls everywhere deserve it. Thank you again for joining us on Grow the Grind. Allie, I don't know if I'll be around in 10 years in this current position, but if I am... I'll put money on it that you'll be on this range oh, out here with so us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, in the pro-am? Come on. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Allie. Thank, thank you. you. This was really enjoyable. Totally different for us. You know, we really spent time talking about golf, golf, golf. How long do you putt? What are you doing on the range? Yep. Blah, blah, blah. What tournaments have you won? Different. Different. Very Great different. perspective because not everybody's going to make it. And... When they realize that it might not be for them to be out there on tour with the grass underneath your spikes, maybe they still love the game enough to become a part of it. And uh, there's other avenues and there's other ways to do that. Bella has uh, been gracious enough to bring us in, and she's run a really good tournament for you, and I'm sure she's moving up the ranks. And that's good for Allie to see, too. It's good for Allie to meet people like you. It's good for people to hear from you because I'm not sure if your voice is certainly being heard across the junior landscape. And hopefully... Our medium might give uh, some perspective to those opportunities and open some eyes to other things that kids might be able to do in this game yeah. if playing isn't for them. No, I think that that's a great point. I, I'll tell you, they, they'd never pay me to play golf, so I, I'm very appreciative of what I do and what I get to do for you guys. And, and listen, you, you always have an invitation out anytime you want to come out. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. We have a great view in between the 10th and the first tee box. I should take my own advice and soak it up. Thank you for listening, and always remember, golf is great, the grind makes it greater. That's right. Thank you. Thank you so much.